Welcome, welcome to another edition of Keeping It Orange and Blue. I'm Ryan Evan, joined as always by my co-host, Urbana's finest, Kevin Ducey. What's up, Kev? What up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I've kind of uh, thawed out a little bit from Saturday's loss. I, you know, it didn't ruin my Saturday. You know, Illinois lost to Michigan State 88-80 to on Saturday, as you guys know. Illinois blew an eight-point lead with just over six minutes left. Um, and, uh, yeah, it kind of, it was like one of those things where maybe I didn't expect, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't expect to win, but when I saw it was that close, I was like six minutes, eight point lead. They can get this done. They literally have to do everything wrong to end this and lose. And they did. Um, and, uh, it, the, the, the most bothersome thing to me, and we're going to delve right into it here in a sec, but what would we see against Nebraska? You can't close it out. Can't play defense, take bad shots. Same thing, same recipe for disaster, except you're not on your home floor and uh, there was a little bit more time left. You know, it's a big difference between a 10 point lead with three minutes and an eight point lead with six, but still uh, very disheartening. Uh, and I had my Saturday a little bit, a little bit flustered, but, uh, you know, I knew Michigan was coming up, Kev. So a lot of reasons to get right. Other than that, how was your weekend? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I mean, it put a damper on it because of the way that they lost, right? You go in there, you're a two-and-a-half-point dog. You're playing in Breslin. It's the first game since the Northwestern game where we really had a hostile crowd towards Terrence. Um, but I thought I think Illinois matches up really well with Michigan State in most cases. Um, and we just blew it, like, flat out. I was going to write a um, – I was thinking about writing something for the for the 200 columns, and I know you're on me to do that. I'm on you, but not in a bad way. I say something. No, like no, no, I know. But if I were to <laughs> if I were to write an article, the last article I wrote for 200 columns did not go well because it actually did exactly what I said wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but uh, no, if no, I were that should be discouraging, though, man. No one says no one hears a no one's a freaking you know fortune teller here. So. Right. Right, but if I were to if I were to title it, would it be called In and Out? Um, and it would it would just be that so much of that game and so much of the last couple of games is like we're in and then we're out. Uh, we we and frankly in the Michigan State game we had about four or five shots in the second half that just flat out went in and out. Some late, I mean, Terrence a little pull up fifteen footer, the ball is halfway down, pops out. Uh, Colton with a layup that goes in and out. Uh, Ty Rogers with a dunk that goes in and out, goaltending, and I think he was fouled. Then he was fouled going for the rebound, but that's beside the point. Um, it was just it was just a really frustrating game, and we did some really bad things late in, late in the game. And, um, you, and you know me, man. I, I listen to the Illinois podcast. Uh, I listen to some. I listen to the national guys. I listen to the Big Ten guys. I listen to sleepers. Um, Brad Sturdy had something, and, I, and you, you and me, like we got nothing but love for Brad and what those guys do. Um, Brad said this best, you know, we didn't have Ty Rogers in the game at the end of the game. And one of the things that Ty Rogers does for us on offense, which is, you know, I know he's not the best offensive player, but he actually provides a relief valve because coaches do not extend defense on Ty Rogers out past the three-point line or even out to the three-point line. So in a situation where, you know, we had the Harmon turnover and the Damas turnover, which were both really bad late in the game and actually turned the game and ended up Michigan State ended up winning the game. I, I, right there was the ultimate turning point. 
Ty Rogers is in the game. He can come out there and give pretty much an, an uncontested pass to the top of the key to get the offense moving and going. I think Brad will adjust to that. I think that, that Ty Rogers would have been a better matchup on Malik Hall late. Malik Hall got two uh, and ones late in the game that, that drove them you know, to, to win the ball game as well. One on Guerrier, which was bad. One on one on Goody, and and you know he really he really they they are seeking out Goody. Uh, opposing teams are seeking out Goody on the def- on the offensive end for for matchups where Goody can get put on one of their players, and they're going to try and take advantage of it. And some teams they're not going to be able to hurt us, right? Some teams that will we'll be will be fine depending on where they're going with that. But other teams it's going to cause some problems. And Malik Hall has been woefully inconsistent in his career at Michigan State. When Malik Hall, Malik Hall and AJ Hogard are are capable players in the Big Ten, who are like both woefully inconsistent. When those two guys play well, Michigan State returns to that team that was I don't think their preseason top five was way out of way out of whack, but they're a top twenty five team when those two guys play well, and they played well, and we still had a chance to win. And it's one of those things like I look at Illinois, and their top three guys had really good games, and our top three guys, I think Coleman played well. I think Terrence filled the stat sheet, and I think Damask had one of his one of his not not great games. And it's really hard to do that on the road. And I know this is this has been talked about for a while now, but like, hey man, Quincy Guerriere, this is your last year of college football. Yeah. Where are you, man? Like we, and I don't say that out of hate or disgust. And I know he's going through some challenges, and I think the baby was born in November. I mean, you do the math; it's three months. Three months is typically time for sleep regression. But you're on the road; you got a full night's sleep. Yeah. Maybe phantom cries woke him up. Anybody who's ever dealt with that. But I just, I mean, he's just, he's just not himself right now. And, yeah, and you see, you can almost see him like overthinking things, like when he's running around. Like you, he's not in the flow of the offense. He's like looking around, like who am I guarding? Uh, should I shoot this? Uh, and then I remember every, the last passive. passive, the last two or three games, he's been called for some weird travel where he catches it at the three point line. You remember? You know what I'm talking about? Against Ohio State and Michigan State, he did this. He catches it and like takes a couple steps and then like p- picks it up over his head and he like looks around like who to throw it to and then. By the time he throws it, he's taking the third step. And then Brad's just looking at him like, what are you doing? You know, and, and the sad thing was he was in foul trouble, but they had to put, keep Goody in there because Gary A just wasn't doing anything. So they're like, if you're going to be in the game and you're just going to pass up shot after shot, that's not mm-hmm. going to help us. Goody's at least going to take them. And not cut. Like, that's where I really miss him is like, like his – his cutting ability when when the off, our offense is still really cooking, but we're missing him a little bit. Yes. Yeah. The, the offense isn't the problem. You know, I don't think we're no, the defense is the defense is a problem. And Quincy is a big body, an athletic, strong, grown ass man, as our guy Rafael Davis described him. He, but, we, but, we, but, we, hey, we need him look, on the defensive end. Too. But Lee Hall was abusing everyone down there. Uh, I, I definitely would have loved to have seen Rogers get a shot and we're going to devote five to 10 minutes on that later on at the end of this episode. So uh, about Ty Rogers playing more. Um, <clears throat> so defensively, what we've seen, I guess what are the, you, you're big on this stuff. So Ken Palm, Illinois defensive efficiencies went up into the forties. 
Yeah, we're 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 over a hundred in like the last month. We've given up eighty one. We're we're giving averaging eighty one points against in the last five games. Uh, one of the things that we're really challenged and struggle with is we're giving up like straight line drives are 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 really straight line drives don't only cause problems for you from a pure like if he doesn't get the bucket aspect. This is one of the things that we do really well on offense is that we try to find a way to get to the bucket. We take shots at the rim or from three point range, which analytics love. But there's a there's a point of the analytics that love that that I think people miss. The easiest shot to rebound as a defender, a, get a defensive rebound is the mid range shot. The mid range shot sets up perfectly well for for defensive positioning and rebounds. If you don't get a long rebound, you don't really get something pretty close. You can technically get a body on guys. The toughest balls to rebound are long rebounds off the three, and dribble drives which cause help defense because somebody comes over to help and that's really like the weak side rebounder and so we're seeing some straight line drives and guys are getting putbacks we're, we're still a really good team on the glass but there's some things we really got to shore up there and it's actually one of the things that i think a lot of illinois fans have been really critical about brad underwood is like well he doesn't change things actually i think he's tinkering with the defense a little bit too much we're we're you know we did that thing where coleman's floating and you know, when he was completely off uh, the, the Michigan State bigs, which posed no threat outside of five feet. And that really kind of takes away a little bit of his strengths. He's a really good trail defender. Um, we're not sure if we're going under screens where we're, we throw in some zone. I, th I think I think Brad probably just needs to simplify it. And frankly, I think we need to get back to a little bit more ball pressure defense. I think we're a little bit worried that that some some guards had, had gotten beat us down the lane and then some bigs had, had scored against us. Well, frankly, Michigan State bigs, I'm not worried about scoring against us. So, and I don't really worry that much about Michigan from a drive perspective with the with their guards or really their bigs abusing us. I mean, I, I think Reed had a pretty good game against us last time, but I mean, you, you, you give it up where you can give it up. I, I think that Brad really has to simplify some things. And Brad said something in the press conference post-game that it will be very... I think this team is more, more up to the challenge to take what he said. What he said was as as harsher than the fart noise last year after the Northwestern game. He called his team soft, and he said that today actually too. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. Sorry, I didn't know if it was a press game, post game, or today. My my apologies, but he called his team soft. That's um, that's something that. And, and frankly, like I listened to the Sleepers podcast, they talked about that Illinois has no desire. They don't give a shit on defense. I mean, it's basically what Greg Waddell and Carter Elliott said. And, and frankly, I can't argue with them right now. Like this I wouldn't is, say everyone on the team feels like that, but there's some guys that do. Uh, you can't. I don't. You couldn't. I. I wouldn't believe for one second if 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 they said, "Do you believe Ty Rogers doesn't care about defense?" No. Well, no, absolutely does. But he didn't play the last. And Coleman Hawkins. Hey, look, and Coleman Hawkins. I can tell you this: he may not always be in the right spot, but he's always out there trying to cover up other people's fuck ups a lot. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, he, he does. There's no doubt about it. Um, There's a couple guys that don't care, and I got to be honest: I don't know why they're out there at the end of the game. And um, so, uh, before we transition out of this, for me, Kev, the problem with the end of game execution is simple. The they're not all bad shots. They're just not going in. You know what I mean? Like Shannon took a couple really good open threes. They just didn't go in. 
Lou yeah, Goody had one wide open in the corner. I mean, like, I, I want him to take that a thousand times out of a thousand. I don't care where, where we're at in the shot clock. I don't care what game situation. Luke Goody open from the corner, take that damn three. Yeah. And then there was two layups. I think Harmon missed one that was in and out, right? And mm-hmm. then, and then, uh, Hawkins misses a bunch. Uh, just come on, man. Like, and then other than that, it's the defensive, really defensive execution is really where I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of irritated. It's more. Yeah, and, and- of a- you, you, yeah. We we gave up. We allowed Michigan State to shoot fifty two percent from the field. They shot five of eight from three, and we were up eight with six minutes to go. Like there's there's things that this offense that does they do effectively. It really they have to shore up the defense. It's really weird because if you'd have asked me on you know December after November, I'd have been like, man, our offense isn't very good. But man, we could sure guard people. And I came into the season thinking we would be pretty elite on the, on the defensive end, and we're just. Not an example of like, you know, like they're they got Penn State and Maryland coming. Let me tell you what, I think Illinois a lot better right now. Penn State's a dangerous team right now. Uh, they're they're they can hold they're holding you know Northwestern under 70. You know, like we gave up 96. Uh, you know, we gave up 75 to Ohio State who struggles. Uh, and then you know, 80 84 to North Nebraska who can still stink it up on the road and barely get 60, then you give up 88 to kind of an anemic Michigan State offense. You know, so it's just like – 88 is a little mistell, I mean, but, I mean, there's a lot of points late in the last two minutes with free throws and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's not – You know, But you know what I'm saying. The defense is just – it's been disappointing too because, you know, you hear Brad talk about it. And and I am happy he addressed it as he did today – because after Nebraska, he was like, not worried about it, you know, whatever. You know, and then against Michigan State after the game, he was like, we just missed shots, really. That's all I'm worried. You know, I'm not really worried. He didn't say that after we watched the game. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a level that as a coach. I mean, you saw that. I mean, we just make a couple of shots down the stretch. We feel, still find a way to pull the game out. Um you know, a big turning point in the game, and I probably got more Twitter interaction than I ever have with any post in my life was, that that Harmon takes the three, and the ball goes, and, and Goody is fouled like probably twice by Tyson Walker. The ball goes out off of Hogard, and they give Michigan clear State as day. the ball. Clear as day off of him. I yeah, it was just, and then the the, the Jack Wagon gray haired official has the the audacity to like go up and point, put his finger in Luke's face while he's sitting down on the side. It was just it was totally uncalled for. But that was a that was a I mean we we possibly could get a foul. Luke Goody probably missed the free throws. Jeez, at least I don't understand why he's not a great oh, free throw. Sure. Yeah, we can get on that. And people will say we're we're shit talking, but it's like I, I actually, Luke, Goody, Luke Goody Luke Goody will tell you right now he should be a ninety percent free throw shooter. Like there, there's nobody in the world that's harder but, on himself than that dude. About I know, team. but but what I what I tweeted after the game, he, he just still doesn't make them though, Kev. I no, mean, he does. He doesn't. I'm just I'm just when, when somebody's harsher on themselves than you are on them, that, that that's not shit talking. That's just being real. Uh, and so it that was a that was a huge turning point in the game. So we've we've got to we've got to shore up some things on defense, simplify some things on defense. Michigan can be a get right game yeah. at home. You know, um, you gotta, and, and as much as you hate to do it, Nebraska, you know, embarrassed them. They were up 43 to 13 at one point. And, and then Nebraska, like, called the dogs off. And then, then you know, Michigan fought it back to, like, 16. And then he put the starters back in. It's like this one, just bury them, you know, just bury them. Uh, the net, 
the, it matters. If you win by 35, the net, hell, Illinois will probably jump in the top 10, you know? Yeah, it, it absolutely, you're exactly right. You just need to bury matters. them, like let Juwan Howard know, and send him out with his farewell game against Illinois at Michigan. You never beat Illinois, okay? Just remember that. You never beat Illinois, even with all your best teams that won the Big Ten with your Big Ten percentage, winning percentage. You know that he, <laughs> hey, we won most of our seventeen games we played that year. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, Illinois played twenty. Yeah, it's like yeah, well, we won more than you, and we won. We played seventeen, and we're proud of it. Like even his best teams that went to the Elite Eight couldn't beat Illinois. So yeah. just bury him. All right, send him a farewell tour. I don't care. Give him, you know, a parting gift. You know, I don't care what you do with it. But I don't want to see – if it's a single digit, there's something wrong or something missing there if this one's like a Nebraska-type game. Yeah, and I think I think there's some some levels of with this team that we – Go ahead. I'm, I'm, yeah, so go ahead. This is just gr- some grace, I guess. I mean, they, they, have, they have a teammate who's facing – from what we know, a pretty weak rape charge, who was suspended for six games in the season. The team clearly, the team clearly before the suspension was Terrence Shannon's team. The, the team during Terrence Shannon's suspension was Marcus Damas's team. I felt this game became was the transfer of it's back to Terrence Shannon's team. And I think that could be a good thing for this team overall. That being said, late game half court execution. Terrence is not the world's greatest half court player, right? And Terrence is such a good downhill player in the open court. And that's where defense can help him even more. If we're getting stops and we're getting runouts, we can blow teams out. And that's why we've done it early in the season. That's why the metrics still love us. Um, this, this, this team, I think, frankly, fell in love with their own offense and has slacked defensively. They need to fall in love with defense because they have the ultimate game changer on offense once you get a defensive stop, and that's Terrence Shannon has the ability to turn a run out out of nothing. And that's where that, – I'd like, I'd like to see this team kind of get back to that focus because – you know you can find the offense in the half court now, and they can become a really complete team. If they can find a way to fix some of these defensive issues, this team can be really, really damn good. At one point in time, I think we were top 10 in Kimpom and in defense, and we were really lagging in offense. It's flipped now. We're like a top five offense and 40-something defensively. Like we were, we were at one point in time, we're number one in you know, over a trailing month in offense from an efficiency metric standpoint. So we know we can score the ball. I'd like to, I'd like to address a couple questions that have popped up there, a couple statements. And Forrest Fritz said it about Underwood that looking like Ron Zook, I'd argue with that though, because Ron Zook never oh. ever had teams that had efficiency measures, right? And he also never had consistency in winning. Is that? Ron Zook never won the Big Ten either. I mean, right, right. There's there's levels of this that I get what you're saying, but honestly, when Underwood came here, the question was, could he recruit? And uh, because we, he he was a great X's and O's coach, I think he's a, I think he's a phenomenal X's and O's coach. And the fact that he he does struggle in game adjustments and making them effectively, he does not struggle. He does make adjustments consistently, but it yeah, is he does. And and I'm going to second the X and O's thing. I mean, there was one beautiful – what was that three out of the timeout from Coleman with the whip around uh, Mm -hmm. Carrier who hit the three that he took? Yes. That was an X – who do you think drew that up? You think it was the guy behind the bench? Well, also in the first half because Coleman got in foul trouble. 
yeah, foul trouble. One of those being a, a technical. Um, Hold on a second. Let me get this. Boom. To the what? fans. He like, said my, he called my mom a whore. Is that – I can't boom him? Okay. Nope, my bad. Yeah, and you notice that Michigan State went on the run with Coleman on the bench. But in the first half, uh, the, the, Michigan State came out in the game and they put Aikens on Coleman. And we really didn't do much with that in the first half. We made them, we abused them with that start oh, the second yeah. half. And then they had to put a big on Coleman. And Coleman was still working. Coleman Coleman's was still game, working Hall, dude. Yeah. yeah. Coleman's game is evolving now to the point that he is, he's really, he's really dynamic. And he's dangerous. He's dangerous. We, we got to get, we got to get a little bit better performances out of, the, and, and listen, this is the second game this season. We just, where we, I would say this: Can we just hit some open shots? I mean, yeah, and this is the second game we've seen this season where where Hogard gives the mass problems. But we're talking here about offense. We scored eighty points. That's a, I will tell you, that's a big thing too. Not every team has an AJ Hogard to guard the mask. They do not. No, AJ's AJ's a strong dude. Um, one of my most hated players all time in history. I just can't stand his face. Right, um, yeah, yeah, he's got to face a mother with love for sure. Well, I, you, listen, it shouldn't be a technical to do the too small thing. But if you're going to give a guy a technical for saying boom to the foul, like, <laughs> come yeah, on. Yeah, so they tee up, they teed up Aikens for turning around and saying something to the bench. Which was weak. Which was weak. Yeah, but they didn't tee up Hogart for doing the too small thing. I mean. Like what, which, which they shouldn't, they shouldn't. But I'm like, if, what, what? How's the game? It's just the inconsistencies. Uh, Mike Cagley's been gone off on this. This is the inconsistencies of the tournament of, of the way that the officiating is done in the Big Ten. And, and, and James, I don't, I don't like it either. That that if you dare challenge them, I've read the lips of some of those officials. One time, one of the players was like, "What was I doing?" He said, "I didn't even touch him." He said, "I completely whiffed him," and you called an and one. He no. said. Stop right now. This is what he told him. He goes, stop right now. You're showing me up. He's like, stop. Don't say anything else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it, but listen, you want to you want to win on the road in the Big Ten. You, you there's there's a book out called Beat the Refs. You want you got to win by ten, which ends up being a win by five. We didn't do it because we didn't execute defensively. Uh, I think one of the areas that Brad probably failed, and it could be a player related to. Is I think I and 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 this is going back to to um, somebody said it earlier. Uh, Jay Begin, our inability to stop elite point guards. We Brad probably missed the opportunity to really develop DGL, and so and, and we and we screwed up too by not housing teams early. Like we we dicked around with Southern and Valpo and Oakland and all these other teams where we should have just blown their doors off. You blow a team's doors off, you get a chance to let, let a guy like DGL get some more meaningful minutes, and we just didn't get those opportunities. I do think DGL can provide a spark defensively. I think he can get out there and stop some of these quicker point guards because he has elite athleticism. Kirk Den says, "Yeah, hey, we missed the bandit. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a level that, that that sincere could really help this team, and maybe someday we'll figure out why he redshirted. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll understand when he's a fifth year and he's first and he's the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, first team All Big Ten. I mean, I, we all love the kid and want nothing but the best for him. I hope he sticks around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. If if he decides like I'm red shirt and I'm not playing for you guys and I'm going to leave. That's just a dick move. I'm, I'm going to be honest. So, and it's, it's a dick move because it's selfish, not just because you're looking out for you. That's fine. 
but then don't say, well, I'm not happy here though. After I registered well, then right. you could have played this year then being unhappy. You don't need to save yourself a year and really the team could have used you, but then you want to leave and I don't care. Yeah. And if a coach did that, they'd be, a, that'd be a dick move too. You know, I'm just saying if a coach does that shit and says it, that's a dick move it, and it is. Yeah, every, everything I've read on this, it was some, completely his decision. So, yeah, um, here's the thing. Mi Michigan coming to town, they're without their best offensive player. Yeah, there's no Dougie McDaniel because he's serving his fifth of six road games, Kevin. Fifth of six road game suspension. What do you mean? Hey, you know what? I, I don't know Like because we, we don't know what it is. Um, I've heard people say rumblings that if – he, he was playing anywhere else. He probably wouldn't be suspended. This is a over overreach of Michigan athletic departments with academics. And uh, I've actually read up on this a little bit is that people are thinking that if the Michigan job comes open, it's not quite the attractive job that it sounds like on the surface due to their recent success after Beeline and then transfer a little bit to Howard and some, a couple, what do you have? Three straight sweet 16 runs. Um, that's where, you know, um, I think the Ohio State game job is probably more attractive. And so, I, I you know, I, I just don't want to throw shade at Michigan if they're suspending a guy for academics. I, I just don't understand why it's a travel issue, but whatever. Uh, Illinois needs to take advantage of it. We need to make them pay. Um, we handled them in their house fairly easily. And we need to, we need to just go out and handle business in, in, a, in a get right game. And hopefully the team plays pissed off. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I want to see. I want to see some defensive intensity. I want that, to see that, some. Real I, don't score, I don't care if we only score thirty-five at half. If they have more than twenty, I'm a, there's going to be a problem because this well, is we, a inept offensive team. All right. Yeah, we, we, we let them. We let them shoot forty-eight percent from the field against this last game. Score seventy-three points. Like to me, okay, Kev. Let's say we're on. Or let's say we're in ninety. It was at ninety-five, ninety-six, right? Our senior year at Urbana High. We got we got our guy Luda over there in the crowd. He's 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 what's up, Luda? He's uh you know he's about to go do something big in the ATL, but you know he's just getting, he's probably writing lyrics. Who's probably rapping to the crowd? Our coach calls us soft in the pregame. How are we coming out? How are you coming out to play Friday? Um, hair on fire. You're soft, dude. Hey, you're soft, Ducey. Not on, not on, like hey, listen. I mean. It, it, I think this this would have affected the team last year a lot different because yeah, I they think would have probably Alex, they would have probably went home and pouted about it and wrote in their journal probably. Right. I think you got grown ass men here who just got called soft. Like these dudes are twenty. A lot of these dudes are twenty three years. These old. are married men with children. <laughs> right. Like stop <laughs> it. Stop it. And and, <clears throat> and Brad had the like he. It wasn't post game, like you said. It was today. It was today before. After he's he's probably that's measured. That's measured. That's measured. It's hard to call a team soft with what they've gone through this year, but he he's trying to fire up some guys here. Yeah, um, because they they need it, man. I mean, and it's his job. It is. I've got four million reasons I could tell him why he should have said it. So, uh, you know, there's no first off. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm the type of guy. Your coach should be a mentor, a man you look up to, a man that will be there for you the rest of your life. But he isn't there to be your best friend. No, absolutely not. And so not. if you played soft and you need to get your shit together, you're going to get told you need to get your shit together or you won't be at the end of the game. So, yeah. and, and if I couldn't accept that as a grown man, and these are grown men, then you're playing the wrong sport. 
You know, it, it, listen, this is high stakes right here, man. It's, I mean, if, if anybody doesn't know this anymore, NIL has taken that away. Like, this is a business, man. It, it yeah. absolutely is a business. It 100% it, is a business. And so some of these people are like, so I, I get a chuckle out of some of these tweets or t- uh, people who are like, oh, that was mean. Don't say that. Okay. let's we're, we're, we're past that with this day and age of where we're at. Like, it's a business. It is college basketball. But not only do these coaches' livelihoods, there's millions of dollars at stake. There's, uh, you know, a bunch of – you lose kids if you don't play them. Uh, you know, your negative recruiting going on. Like, everything matters. So, Brad Underwood needed to let the team know it's unacceptable to, to play the way they have defensively. So, anyway. Yeah. I, I want to talk about Gary Air. I, I was looking some things up here. So Okay. Yeah, and he's a he's a he's someone they need to get right because when Illinois was rolling, he was getting like fifteen and twelve every night. Yeah, he went he went ten of eleven games, starting with the Tennessee game, with uh, ten points or more, and nine of those eleven with fourteen or more. And in that stretch, he had one, two, three, six games. No, Sean, we did not say that. Come on, man, you're supposed to be listening from the get go. Six six to jump in thirty minutes in. Hey, don't don't don't. Hey, Sean, Sean's normally first guy on the board, so we'll do this. <laughs> and six of those games were double doubles. Uh, in in since since the Northwestern overtime loss, he's had two five a point games of two five and three, and rebound totals of four two seven and five. He did have a twelve point game against uh, Nebraska. But like that, like we need to get that guy back. I mean, that guy, that guy, not only. Because I think when he's when he he's a little bit got a little bit. I talked to ad nauseum about Roger Powell. Um, when he was a sophomore, when he got a bucket, he seemed to he seemed to play better defense. I think Quincy's offense can lead to some of his defense too. So, and we we need him. And I know I know Quincy knows it. And it, it, it'd be really nice to have him bounce back. No, Sean, nobody's unhappy at Illinois. We're just talking about why sincere Harris's red shirt and long-term what that means so and for any of you on here watching uh you guys are ever bored or you just can't get enough of something like i because i you know a lot of these games i only watch one time i used to tape a lot of games yeah but i've lost those vhs because you know tapes since then but luckily on youtube has a plethora of some fun ones you know what you know what game i was watching last night I was watching Western Kentucky, Illinois, fresh D Brown freshman year, first round of the tournament. Yeah, the tournament, yeah. In the RCA dome where he was the man, dude. He was he was 16 and 8. He was yeah. the player of the game. That's the only reason they beat Western Kentucky. Yeah, we struggle with him a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, I, it was fun to go back there and you can watch uh I was watching, hey, here's here's a fun one. Even though they lost, I got to see Matt Heldman again. Yeah. 1998. Maryland, Illinois, second round in Sacramento. Yeah. I was watching him lose his mind at a shitty call, and he was right. At the end of the game, it was tied 61-61, and Maryland's big man was trying to do a move, and he lost the ball, and it looked like Heldman slapped down at it, but he lost it, and Heldman was like, are you crazy, dude? He's like, I didn't even touch it. You know, and I was like, dude, Maddo was correct. I was like, the refs have been blowing calls for 25 years. You know, so I was just enjoying that. So get on the YouTubes. Type in a game. I guarantee you, you might not get it. But sometimes 
surprises come up like that. So, uh, so I was just going back to the archives, uh, watching old Bill Self with his real hair walking the sideline uh, was nice. <clears throat> anyway, Forrest Fritz, the old Final Line games are awesome. I've checked, I've checked out the Syracuse Elite Eight game. I was there. Yeah. Oh, you were there. Mm-hmm. The Minneapolis. That, that, that game seemed intense as hell, dude. Oh, dude, it was like, I yeah, I I mean, I was ten, years, I was ten years old, man, and it like took, it felt like it took years off my life. Yeah, it was like an Uber athletes all over. <laughs> dude, our guy, our guys were not right. Uh, I talked to Larry Smith, Kenny Battle, Nick Anderson, and Kendall Gill after the Louisville game, and I think it was Kenny Battle. And Nick, I think both Kenny Battle and Nick Anderson were banged up. And then Lowell Hamilton, I think, got banged up in the Syracuse game. I think he sprained his ankle or something. Yeah. So, but hey, those are bygones be bygones. Uh, tomorrow night, just heads up. Everybody's uh, games on everybody's favorite network, Peacock. Peacock. Gosh, I hope we don't have Collinsworth calling the game. I yeah, can't. he probably who doesn't even watch the game. He's calling. He's like talking about something. It's it's just his lack of like. Intensity in the game, and it, it was also it, Ohio State's crowd also contributed to why I was so pissed. That game, that yeah. game was, that game was I will tell you though, the crush and everybody you've been doing been doing a really good job of late. They've been a lot better. I, I'm going to say the, our call out on the show was really helpful. You know, I'm, I'm glad you guys have listened. So that's amazing, crush. Keep it up. Now, with that said though, Kevin, so we're going to get to Ty Rogers towards the end. We're almost. We got to get to. So Illinois has been going 10-14, 10-14, 10-14 in the AP poll, okay? You fight, you got to get right at some point. You can't keep win a couple, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. This is big this week because not only after Michigan, which we should win, we're a 15-point favorite at home, you know, you got to win the game. So to me, it's like don't look past Michigan, but also keep it real as the show is. You got Maryland Saturday, a chance for revenge, Kev. Also, Shannon did not play in the first game. We've already went over this. We think that would have made a big difference, him physicality-wise, length-wise, and them having to cover somebody out there who's actually shooting three pretty well right now. Um, he's a guy you can put on Dante Scott and feel pretty good about. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then – or put him on – put him on Young – you know, yes. put yes. him on Jameer Young because we had yes. nobody. We had nobody could do anything with Jameer Young. No, nope. I also think that Illinois is going to play <clears throat> Reese a lot differently than they did in the first game. Yeah, I, th- I think whether we we throw we like they, I don't Maryland has really lacking three point shooters, and the fact that we didn't collapse on him more and force some kickouts for three was was beyond me. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think uh, you know Damask ate their lunch last last time we played them, but once again it was a defensive problem. We gave up too many points. So. Yep, you gotta. They've got to get that game back. Uh, you that know, was the one. That was the one game in that stretch of uh, ten out of eleven double figure games. Quincy Guerrier did not score double figures. Yep, it's a big one too because in John Harrington's plus minus thing that puts Illinois plus three. And you got to back. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get it back. So that's a big one Saturday. Uh, Saturday. So this it's week, just ridiculous to me that that team is 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 fairly talented. That that loss at home is a quad three loss. It just chirps my ass that Maryland hasn't been a better team. So we kind of owe them an ass whooping. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and Kevin Willard, I got to be honest, he should face a lot of grief for that because yeah. could yeah. you imagine? Could you imagine if that was Illinois? I mean, you got Julian Reese, Jameer Young, and Dante Scott. You can't build around it. Like I'm, man, come on. Uh, but the, what, what, about, one thing, yeah, but Kev, one, think about that though. Where'd they finish last year? Fourth. Fourth. Okay. Illinois. Okay. Illinois finished sixth or eighth. something. Eighth, but tied. Well, like, yeah, it was like a, a half game out. Like, dude, you go back look at the preseason predictions. It was it was Purdue one. And then most everybody had Michigan State too, and then it was an amalgamation between Illinois and Maryland as three four in this conference, and like this is. But, but like all these years, Illinois had expectation, right? Well, Maryland had expectation this year. Yep. Could you imagine where the fan base would be up Brad's ass if we were thirteen and eleven or something, and like five and eight in the Big Ten, dude? People would be wanting him gone yesterday. So like Kevin Willard, no excuse to have this team this bad this year. Yeah. So I'm shocked that the fan base is like not even though they only have about 800 people that show up to their home games. I'm shocked that the fan. God, base- I, hope, I hope I hope it's like that on Saturday. I certainly do. So uh, that would that would be beneficial because that crowd is mean and nasty when they're into it. So um, yeah, it looks like we get Bardo. He's he's one of the Peacock specials. Uh, I haven't really minded Bardo as much lately. No, I like I don't I, I think Bardo does a fine job on the call. It was this is Collinsworth. Hey, Mike, Mark McCoy, quick one here. Illinois lost that year to Florida in the round of 32. Florida almost lost to Butler in the the round of 64. Miller hit a floater with like one second left. Had Illinois made the Sweet 16 that year, I was I I went to the Sweet 16 in Elite Eight in Syracuse that year, and uh, it was Florida, Seton Hall, Duke, and somebody else. I was going to be there, so. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Jay Bagan saying people. Some people are calling for Underwood's head now. I mean, like, yeah. Oh, well, okay. Like, I'm sorry, and if if you're in, if someone's watching this, you're delusional as hell. If you're one of those people, so uh, and and that's okay. You know, we, we all got problems with something in this world, and if you think Underwood should be gone, well, I, I guess we could get Gross back in here for you. Yeah, uh, here, here, here's here's the thing: in college basketball that's really weird right now is. You know, I was listening to the, the Iowa College Basketball podcast, and everybody's saying there's really like two elite teams in college basketball, and I agree with the fact that there's two elite teams in college basketball. And then maybe Houston's in there. So, like, let's take those three, and then you go from four to whatever, four to every single ranked team to the first 10 teams or first 15. So, so you go four to 40. Like, the, the gap is that big. I mean, Wake Forest gave Duke all they wanted tonight. Uh, like the, the, the gaps between a top ten team and a team, in, you know, and a, and Michigan State is is small. It's really small. It's it's smaller than it's ever been in college basketball. But there's like one intriguing factor. I, I, Isaac Trotter posted this today. I actually brought up the stats yesterday. I was wrong because I forgot the Tennessee lost by ten on. Um, Saturday, but on as of Sunday, there were only two teams in the top 10 that hadn't had a 10-point loss all season, Duke and Illinois, and that includes UConn and Purdue. There's only three teams this, this uh, that have a, in the top 50 Kimpon that don't have a 10-point loss, and I think it's like St. Mary's, Illinois, and, ten, and uh, Duke. So, like, we are we are staying with teams. Like, we, yep. are, we are right there in the battle in the thick of things with everybody that we play with. So, um, and then really? why do we struggle so much with Maryland? Yeah, I'm like, Ken, let me take this one, and then you can jump in. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so <clears throat> I got to tell you, too, and Kev, you, and, and Kev, you can agree, disagree, go for it. 
Oh, half of it's been so bad luck too. Like just just shitty luck. Who was the guy that banked in the three? Yeah, uh, Anthony Cowan. Cowan, yeah. Uh, here, let me just—I'll name four games right here for you. I'll give you four, and just listen to this. Okay, we'll start off with the one in Demonte and them's freshman or sophomore year, where he couldn't, couldn't inbound get, the ball. Couldn't inbound the ball. Just couldn't hand it into one of his guys to get fouled and go shoot free throws. So he he just for some reason just throws it just wherever. Just, it was such a young it. team, like it was. A- yeah, and then guess what? Maryland comes up with it, and then they hit Kevin Horder, who's an NBA, a pretty good NBA player, and he hits a three in the corner, which puts us down one, and then we go down, and we can't get a shot off, and, and we lose. All we have to do is inbound the ball, and it's over. Okay, there's one game. Two, Trent Frazier and Kofi and them. It was Kofi's freshman year. They were eating their lunch, man. They were dominating. They were winning by like twelve the whole second half. You know, then they put the they, you know get the spurt going. Anthony Cowan's you know playing well, but it's fine. Whatever. We're still up by like four with like forty seconds. We're gonna win. They get some weird little non-call where they're hacking Frazier. They take it from him, and then you know Frazier gets back in his grill. Right, Cowan pulls up from about thirty-five feet <laughs> and hits a three. And from 35 feet, Cowan hit a three. And then, okay, we're still – I think we were up one at that point. And then they steal the ball from us when it should have been a foul, like a hack. Then they put up and get a layup with five seconds left. They stole that. I mean, but how, how often does that happen, you know? And then at home, when we had Io DeSumo, that was the game where uh, Morcel just played the game of his life. Like, we were yeah. winning – Yep. We were winning by 10 like the whole second half. And Marcel had a really good game. And then Hakeem Hart, who was one for 20 from deep all year, hits a shot b- clock buzzer beating three. <laughs> Again, he was shooting like 5% that year. <laughs> he hits a three. I mean, come on, that's it. that's three of them right there. And that's, And the other, by the way, was when Kofi Coburn was out suspended. Oh, that's right at Maryland. At it's Maryland, just, and we, he had twenty-four and twelve in the first matchup. Right, and they won that game by like fourteen, and then he sat out. So think about that. That's four games right there. And then instead of him being three and seven against Maryland, what is he seven and three? Right, something. So I'm just saying that, that's that's just an odd way to go about it. They also have a lot of length and physical dudes that. I don't think our players enjoyed. I don't think it was big guards, super physical, really good rebounders. I think that's they don't really have a bunch of shooters, but that's really why our teams have kind of struggled. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, and I think I, I think it's a little bit of a headspace game here. Like uh, I I hate I hate the association of don't draft a Penn State running back because Curtis Enos and and. Who was it? Uh, the Kajana Carter weren't good. I, I think that it, I don't think that there's any correlation to those things, but I do think there's a little bit of locker room carryover. Like we can't beat these guys. So, um, and then Jim White Sox, yeah, we seem to bring out career highs and everybody. We absolutely, it, it seems to be a little bit of a plague here. So, Will Cheddar's going to go for about 35 tomorrow in a losing effort, but that's I'll all right. Throw, I'll throw this glass through the screen. <laughs> What was it Nebraska fans were cheering him on because he was scoring? Uh, yeah. Now, right. Let's talk. Let's talk tying and let's put a bow on this thing, man. 
Yeah, that's correct. Correct. And yes, Io Desumu deserves. Says well, why, why, why we why we get why we shitting on my final thoughts? Who's shitting on your final thoughts? Sean Garner talking about Io. Oh man, yeah, dude, stop it! Don't <laughs> don't get on it. All right, Kev, should should Ty Rogers be playing more at the end of the game? I think so. Uh, I really do. I don't. I I, I, I sent a tweet to, to Latulip, and I was like, like, hey man, I need I need a breakdown because Mike sees things that we don't see, having played the game. And, um, you know, I don't mind his breakdown that he does with Warner is really good. Let's just – I'll call it what it is. His podcast with Warner is really good. I like listening to LaTulip. LaTulip's an Illini guy. I'll always support him. Uh, I love listening to Sean Harrington. Pretty cool. I got to listen to Sean Harrington on the Liberty call the other night in a really fun game. And, man, he Sean breaks down the game really well. Uh, but I just – I don't I don't know. Why, why, I don't, should he, why should he be playing more, Kev? I, I, why should he be playing more? Because he – he first of all is going to give the hundred percent of hundred percent defensive intensity every time down the floor. And number two, he is the best cutter that we have right now. That Quincy is not being that cutter that we saw. I mean, th- those two guys, like he—that's that's the way he found that open spot for a dunk. He did, and then like uh, and Coleman Coleman did it too, and then whipped the ball out of bounds. Like, oh man, just threw it right in between two guys. Unfortunate. Uh, I think that and Rodgers has so much defensive versatility. And here's the thing: we were up, we were up eight. Like that's the like if you're down eight, I get not playing Ty Rodgers. Like he is, he doesn't spread the floor as well as Harmon or Goody, which is really the guys we're talking about and playing for. And it does. We might not be as effective offensively, but like the dude's defensive rebounding, offensive rebounding, defensive intensity, and cutter fun. And then he's a pressure release valve for the offense. Furthermore, if we have a guard who's going to jump up and give us pressure at half court, who, what guy on this team do you want handling the ball there? Like, I love the mask, but he has been taken advantage yeah. of. It seems like it happens about once a game. Like yeah. I, I would, I think I'd want Ty Rogers, frankly. I, I, I really do, and I think that Ty could provide some outlets. One thing I think I would like to see this from from Underwood. If if teams are going to start pressuring us, and we do not have a lack, we we do lack of a point guard playing major, a true point guard, a traditional point guard. If teams are going to play a big on Coleman. Like in late game situations, if they're going to start pressuring our guards, let Coleman bring the ball. Like let, let Coleman run point center. Like I'm perfectly okay with that. Perfectly. Like people want to bag on Coleman. Like oh, he doesn't dribble well. It's just because he looks a little awkward. The dude, the dude hasn't had a, a game with more than two turnovers. Not more than two since Colgate on December seventeenth. So. I, I, I would expect Brad to, to adjust. I think he made a mistake. I think Brad realizes it. I would expect to see Ty in, in some games, especially and, when we and have to leave Harman, Harman's had a couple moments like he had a big shot against Northwestern. But then in overtime, he, to me, he erased it with a forced shot against three people, you know, and then uh, going under screens. And, you know, it's just. I think, I think Harmon's that same guy. I think he's a rhythm player. He's got to get one or two to go. And if he gets one or two to go, watch out. But if he doesn't, dude, he he can be overly aggressive on defense and put himself in bad positions. It just, I don't know. Yeah. And then Goody, though, is just not the guy to have in there trying to battle in the post. It's just not. I love his effort. Goody leaves yeah. it out there every game. Like, let's not, let's not. Yeah. And he, and, yeah. And he can be so hyper effective on offense. But when, 
you need Luke Goody to play those minutes when you're chasing Purdue when you're down 15 late to hit big shots. Yeah. You need Ty Rogers to help you close out the game. And frankly, I got a little bit more faith in Ty at the free throw line right now than I do Luke. And that's yeah. And let me just tell you something. How about that putback jam from Ty Saturday? Wow. Like, dude, come on, man. Like, and it was a goal 10. For goodness sake, Carr put his hand not just through the freaking net, but he hit the rim too when he yanked it, when he yanked down on it. It's like, how do you miss that? I missed so, the ball team on Danes, but Dane Dane ended up making both free throws. Dane made both of them. I, I loved it. I loved watching Tom Izzo's face after he made both. He was like, he knows the dude shoots like 18%. He was over there already stewing about like all the foul called. He, he was just like throwing his hands up. But anyway, uh, so uh, Ty Rogers to me, it's not like when you're up eight though, with five and a half minutes left, you know, it's like He's not get, a shooter. Get stops, really, get rebounds. Get stops, get rebounds. Get yeah. stops, get rebounds. What does he do better than almost anybody on the team? Get stops yeah. and gets rebounds. Like Brad, yeah, Brad so, choked on that one. He choked. Yeah, and he, and, choked and, and he, he did that against Nebraska too. Yeah. He's done it two games in a row. And so uh, I, I think he didn't play that much. No, against Nebraska. I had eight and 14 against Nebraska. He had to be in there, so. I don't know. I'm going to rewatch it. But anyway, yeah. so we agree. Well, I know the two games prior to that, he didn't. He was he didn't play much late in the game. He he, he didn't have. Yeah, against Nebraska too. Everybody asked him. Why, I mean, sorry, Northwestern. He said, "Why was Ty not in the end, at the end of the game?" Like, oh, it's just our defensive. We got some, you know. And then everybody was like, "Oh, Harmon was plus 24. That's why Harmon's in there when there's big runs. It doesn't mean that that's because of Harmon." Yeah, against Indiana, he only played 16. Against Northwestern and OT, he only played 16. Against Rutgers, he only played 14 minutes. So, I mean, he still played 21 against Michigan State. He was four of six from the field. I mean, he didn't rebound especially well. And, I mean, he had a couple turnovers. But, I mean, like, I don't – that's fine. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and by the way, real quick, we're getting to final thoughts now. Kansas lost by 29 because they had two of their best players out, by the way. Where was that McCuller did not play tonight. Oh, I heard he was banged up, yeah. Yeah, McCuller was out, and then they had another – I think their first guy off the bench was off. So, they were playing their seventh and eighth guy that they don't ever play. So – and this was at Texas Tech who needed a big win. Now, I will say this, and this is an interesting thing too, Kev, because the committee probably won't factor this game into their, into their you know, seating. I don't think they should factor Illinois' loss at Purdue or uh, to Maryland into their seeding. That that might come into play. You know, because – and I think that if Illinois gets a three seed, people will be like, well, we don't understand how. Well, you didn't have Terrence Shannon for those games. Like, do, do you guys think that's going to matter at all? You know, yeah. like, I would love to see Purdue without Zach Eady a couple games. We'll see Jim, how that goes. Right. Jim, Jim Whiteside said Harmon frustrates me a, a little bit lately. Frustrates me a lot lately, especially when you see what Jeremiah Williams is doing for Rutgers. And I'm not saying this. All I'm saying is the staff did the right thing. They couldn't. They, they couldn't afford to like not have a guy for half a year because this team would be a lot different situation. And, and you know what? If that gambling thing that that had not been passed yet, by the way. Right. And so, man. Um, but but here here's my credit. The staff made a really good evaluation. That guy's obviously a Big Ten player. Big Ten player of the week this week. And. That's a key. That's a key component. Is if Rutgers can keep winning, that helps our net. Yeah, it can, it can. We can get that. We can get the the win at Rutgers into the quad one. So that'd be nice. By the yes. way, Texas Tech had a guy, Darian Williams. He averages nine points a game. He had thirty tonight. He was twelve of twelve from the field, four of four from three, two of two from the free throw line. Didn't miss a shot. Thirty points, eleven rebounds. 
Good on you, Darian Williams. Shout out to you. <laughs> um, so I will, since I think I know what your final thought is, was it mentioned by Garner earlier? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I won't, I'll start off then. Uh, just uh, basically <clears throat> with, um, I, I think, uh, you know, the line came out, Illinois five and a half total wins for football next year. I think I'm liking these new staff hires. I'm loving the the just the step Justin Step from South Carolina, the wide receiver coach who I guess has these huge ties to Texas. He's he's super well loved. And I'm loving David Gibbs is like this hard ass like like yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this shit together defensively, you know. And he's gonna be watching over Aaron Henry to help make sure they get it. They get I'm, I just love the additions. And I know they added a linebacker coach who played at Texas A&M who just came from Houston. You know, I've heard nothing but good things about him in the Houston scene recruiting-wise. But to lose guys like George McDonald and, you know, Andy Boo get sent pack in and then having Charlie Bullen just leave, you know, to go back to the NFL, which that's kind of an odd one to me, you know. Do you read that Jeff, do you read that Jeff Johnson substack on that one? Go ahead. Fill me in for briefly for about 20 seconds. According to Jeff Johnson, we had like Charlie Bullen was begging to get in the college game and Brett gave him a chance. And then the guys here are year in bolts. Like I, I just, it's just kind of, and frankly, our pass rush, our outside linebackers and DNs this year yep. didn't do much. So nope. I gotta be honest. Exactly. All this big talk about what Bullen's doing and, it, I was I was underwhelmed for sure, but anyway, love the new additions to the coaching staff. Um, at, we have months to get to it, but I think Illinois is going to surprise some oh people. I, I'm going to pick Illinois over five and a half next year. So uh, I, I oh that's fine. Disagree. It's all right. Uh, but anyway, love the coaching additions to the staff. I think Bill was getting it right, and he knows the areas that need to be fixed and how to fix them. Okay. I think Illinois will be much better offensively next year. I think I think Lonnie's third year will be like I think they'll they'll be they'll be something to reckon with offensively. All right, Kev. Hey, um, he just the guy deserves a shout out, man. And uh, we 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 prefaced it a little bit, but Io career high tonight, uh, twenty nine points, seven assists. He was twelve of eighteen from the floor, five of seven from three. He did miss a free throw, which is weird. He finished January as the only bull in team history to go 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. If you go look, if you go pull up his stats and his game log, like he is, he's playing really well. Um, what interesting to me about that, though, Kev, have they had very many good players in the history of their franchise, though? Huh. Who, the Bulls? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you talk about the guys they had there that have never. <laughs> that's that's it. He's the only bull to ever do that, huh? Yeah, and talk about like in double digits. He finished January with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine consecutive games in double digits. He's now scored in thirteen of the last fourteen games in double digits. Uh, he's playing. He's just playing really, really well. Um, he's making it really hard for them to be. You know. Unless they put him in a trade package, he is. I mean, he is becoming an asset no matter what. Yeah, he's shooting 53, 54% from the field in February and 50% from three. Surprisingly enough, he's 33% from, from the free throw line. 
<laughs> what? 33%? That's not counting the night. <laughs> he's lower than that now. He's one. He's 25% from the free throw line this month. Oh it's a, he's only taking four shots. Yeah. Um, but if you if you factor in t- tonight's numbers, don't include it. It's, aren't included in the numbers here. I mean, he was five of seven from three and 12 of 18 from from the field. He's playing really well. And now that he's getting he's getting minutes, and that's really critical. And you know what? The Bulls are playing fairly well in these games. Um, they're about a 500 team. That's about who, a little bit better than who they've been this season. It's just really cool to see Io perform now that he's getting some time. And he, he looks like that assertive, that assertive guy that we saw the second half of his sophomore year and his junior year where he really knew he was pretty damn good. So, pretty cool. Yep. So, with that said, um, 6 p.m. Peacock. We're going to be putting t- another teaser. We're going to be posting another teaser on our X social medias tomorrow about what's coming with this podcast. Big things are coming. You know, yeah, we got, we got a line eye legend is going to be jumping on here before oh, too long. Shit. We can't tell you who. Uh, he may or may not have been a big part of a comeback to beat a number one team. He may hit a tie. He may even hit a shot to tie the game. You never know. All right. So with that said, swallow me out. I-L-L. I and I. Kevin's ready to go to bed.